This is The Winner's Take with host Nelson rowdy Raisbeck and professional sports handicapper Dave Essler. Welcome into Winner's Take. As always, I'll be your host, Nelson rowdy Raisbeck, joined by professional sports better Dave Essler. Quick little recap from last week from our pod on Friday. Did go 2-0 on our Major League Best Bets. Had some pretty good success week two of NFL football. But now it's the real thing. Going to be shifting more towards football. Still touching on Major League Baseball, but maybe just not quite as much of it. But really starting to shift to college and NFL football. We have week three of the NFL preseason And it's official, week zero, real live college football games will be here this weekend as soon as Saturday, Dave. Yeah, um, those Saturday games don't look too appealing to me. Uh, I'll tell you honestly, I'm waiting for books to put up lines on a couple of those FCS games. They they haven't, and they usually don't because they're a little bit nervous. I mean, they don't know a whole lot about those particular teams, and they don't want to leave themselves exposed. But unfortunately for them, that's where the biggest holes will be especially early in the season. So, yeah, I'm sitting there with bated breath. So as Dave waits for them to release some of the lines, let's jump in here to Major League Baseball real quick. Again, not going through as many games as we have in the past, but it is currently Monday, August 21st. We're recording this in the afternoon. Very first game we're going to look at for Major League Baseball. It's going to be a 7-10 Central Time first pitch. Boston Red Sox traveling to Houston to take on the Astros. You have James Paxton on the mound for the Red Sox. Christian Javier for the Astros. Currently Houston favored, minus 130 with a total of nine. Uh, What are you thinking about for our one and only game for the Monday, August 21st slate? Yeah, I mean, we're going to kind of try to stick to games that that are uh, relevant, I guess, if you will. And there's going to be less and less of those as we go forward, for sure. And, I mean, this game is, is obviously relevant to Houston. They're in second place now in, in their own division, and Boston isn't out of the wild card. So this game in this series matters. Uh, guys like Altuve and Bregman, they they saw a ton of Paxton when he was with the, the Mariners, uh, but it's so far removed that against the rest of the Astros, I think Paxton may have the upper hand, uh, although Houston is one of the better teams in baseball against left-handed pitchers, so I'm leery. Paxton's showing some signs of, wearing down late here, and I guess that's expected given he had almost a four-year layoff. There was a time when I trusted Javier every time out, but I think that ship has sailed uh, over his last seven starts. His ERA is 6.37, so trusting him here is certainly off the table. Uh, I wonder about the Astros' state of mind after getting swept at home against the Mariners. Uh, I think, you know, one of two things happen. They either respond or they get even tighter. I think if I'm betting this game, I'm taking the Red Sox in the first five. Uh, the Houston Pan is a slight advantage over the last week, although Boston's haven't hasn't been all that bad. Uh, it's just the Red Sox have scored six or more in four straight games. You know whether a change of venue changes that or not, uh, but I I like uh, I like Boston in the first five innings. Yeah, I agree with you. I gave this out on the morning show as as one of my favorite bets for the day. Boston, the first five, you you named it. You can take away basically three James Paxton starts, and he already has pretty good numbers. They're even that much better taking away three of his blow-up starts. He's been really good outside of those three. Javier, you named it. Basically, since June, he's really struggled. And it's not only that, but his pitch count here, the last three out of four times out have went 100-plus and last time out it was 95 so it's not like he had a you know a short night 
He's been worked a lot. He's been fading the last month and a half or so. And Paxton, I just think, is in a better place. But like you said, Houston has a better bullpen. My favorite bet on that was uh, Boston the first five as well. Well, cool. I'm glad we agree. It saves time and arguing. I did find a prop that I thought was decent. I actually kind of like a Christian Javier strikeout total under five and a half. Reason being is he's fading. He has been hit hard. Boston has a good offense. They've seen him before, not this season, but they've seen him overall before. And uh, he'd only went over this total a handful of times in, you know, 20-ish starts. And they were all against terrible teams that strike out a lot. Boston actually top eight for teams that don't strike out. So uh, Christian Javier under five and a half strikeouts was the prop I looked at. I can I can understand that. I mean, hopefully he doesn't even last five innings and we both win. So there we go. That's our first game for the Monday slate of Major League Baseball. Going to switch gears here and look at the Tuesday, August 22nd slate. The very first game that we are going to be looking at for Tuesday, it's actually going to be a 7-10 Central Time first pitch. We have the Minnesota Twins traveling to Milwaukee to take on the Brewers. Bailey Ober on the mound for the Twins. Wade Miley on the bump for the Brewers. Currently, when I look at this one, if you look at the DraftKings look-ahead line here, we currently have, it looks like it's about minus 110 for each side and a total of 8.5 with juice to the under. Dave, what are you thinking for the Twins-Brewers on Tuesday? Yeah, I think when we actually get actually lines that the Brewers would probably be favored by more than that. I, I mean, I lined this game probably around minus 140 um, just because, I mean, but the Brewers, you talked about it last week, win four, lose three, win three, uh, and six of those seven wins are on the road. And when I first looked at this, I had to think most people are going to like the Brewers, uh, and maybe that's why they shouldn't. I mean, if history means anything, um, the Brewers have seen plenty of Miley, but they haven't hit plenty of Miley. They've hit 164 and 73 at-bats, uh, and they're just not a solid road team. And Add the fact that their bullpen is an elite. While I'm, I'm building a case for the Brewers, whether I want to or not, in April, May, and through most of June, Ober was a solid five-inning kind of guy, you know, three runs or less. Uh, and he had a couple of bad starts recently, but in both cases, he rebounded against the same team in his next start, which to me is a sign of quality and adjustments reading. A, I'm not going to throw him under the bus just yet, although I think figuring out what he's going to bring tomorrow, I think that is the key to this game. Uh, he did see the Brewers in June. So as much as I want to be contrarian, I have to think that the Brewers are going to win a low-scoring game. We're pretty close to the same wavelength here, Dave. I looked at it, and they the Brewers had seen Bailey Ober earlier this year. Ober looked pretty good. Wade Miley has been pretty darn good when healthy this year for the Brewers. And the Twins, I mean, we've mentioned on this podcast many times the Brewers stink at hitting left-handers. Well, you know who's even worse than them? The Twins. And you mentioned how in their times with uh, matchups with Miley hadn't done well either. So, I mean, it makes sense. And then when you look at it, both teams have the day off. So I, I was with those two and, and Bailey Ober actually has an ERA on the road, almost a run worse than he does at home. So I, I'm with you. I like the Brewers in the first five. I like the Brewers probably for the full game since both teams have the day off and have the, the ability to rest their bullpen. So that'd be mine. Brewers in the first five, Brewers on the money line. Keep it simple. I'm uh, I'm glad we agree. Again, I don't have to argue with you. We're really knocking out these baseball games. So final baseball game we're going to look at. It's also going to be a Tuesday game. And the one we're going to is, is an 8.38 Central Time first pitch. It's the Cincinnati Reds taking on the Los Angeles Angels. 
might be an asterisk next to this one because these two teams are supposed to play tonight, but it sounds like that could be canceled due to Hurricane Hillary. So uh, we'll have to play that one by ear. But we're looking as they're playing tonight and the game will be played on Tuesday as well. So Dave, what are you thinking for the Cincinnati Reds Los Angeles Angels. We have Andrew Abbott on the mound for the Reds. Reed Detmer on the mound for the Angels. Currently looking at the look-ahead lines here on DraftKings. It appears, I thought they had a line out for this. They might have pulled it because of the... Yeah, t- tonight's game has actually just been postponed. So, you know, we'll go through this. They'll probably play two tomorrow, I would think. Um, late in the season, you know, uh, inter league play uh, Cincinnati needs to play all their games because they're obviously still fighting. Um, so we'll just, we'll just go with it as if they play a double header. And if these are the starters, you know, I, I admit I'm getting tired to read Detmer's eggs every week. He's on our schedule somewhere. Actually they all are, but and he cost me money last week when he won hit the Rangers through seven innings and, you know, yeah, his ERA over the last seven starts is near eight. Uh, so, you know, we blindly know the angels bullpen's awful, but, if he can go seven, does their bullpen matter? And on the other hand, although the Reds aren't winning, their bullpen is. Their area is under under two over the last week. And Abbott can get hit hard, but, you know, overall, he's someone I can usually trust, uh, especially against the Angels, who are 12 and 19 against lefties. Uh, that leaves me the Angels' first five if if we go Angels, uh, or the Reds' full game if we go Reds. Uh, but I think the best bet in this game is actually the under for the first five. We don't have a lot of exposure. Uh, and obviously the Reds don't score as much away from home, uh, and that total might be magnified, being it's the the Reds and people think they think they hit a lot, and it's Otani, and this is a pitcher's park, so I'm going to bet that, uh, and I'm going to look for an, an in-game over if I am right uh, about the first five. If it's less than three runs through four innings, I'll be looking at an in-game over because I I think the Reds bullpen is overdue to to misfire and, and the Angels bullpen is overdue to start playing golf. Yeah, we're actually going to have a lot of disagreement here to a point. Uh, I looked at it and Abbott fading a little bit after coming up and pitching quite well his first couple months. He is a lefty. You mentioned how the Angels, eh, not necessarily the best against lefties compared to righties. No familiarity. Reed Detmers, I want to fade here because he's pitched like complete crap. And then he goes and one hits Texas through seven both of us didn't see that coming at all. But I know that Angels' bullpen isn't good and does help that the game was canceled tonight. It should make the Reds and the Angels' bullpens both stronger if they do play tomorrow. But yet there is that potential for a double header on Saturday where then obviously you're going to be stretched thin again. I actually looked at this game. I kind of like the over eight runs with Abbott fading a bit and Detmers, I think, potentially on on par to get touched up pretty nice here by Cincinnati. And then I looked at the Cincinnati team total over because with this total being at eight for some of those look-ahead lines, I thought that uh, Cincinnati potentially to score four-ish runs looked pretty good. And then uh, I was actually going to lean with Cincinnati because I think they can jump on Detmers here in this game. So I guess I was all Cincinnati over uh, Cincinnati team total over and Cincinnati to win the game. Well, I will be surprised if when that line settles, it's eight. I think it'll probably be eight and a half or or nine juiced under by the time they get to, you know, all the books have lines up. So I think we could be talking apples to apples to oranges here. But by the same token, I don't I won't agree with you even at eight just because 
I do like arguing with you because you're you're so fun. Well, I will say this. It does throw a little bit of a wrench into this game as we're breaking it down, and I'm getting a, a text message from uh, one of my baseball guys saying, heads up uh, for a bet, uh, the Angels game just got canceled. And you then literally two seconds later, you're mentioning how it's canceled. So uh, it could really throw in a wrench to this Cincinnati Angels series just in general, but we'll see how it plays out uh, tomorrow. Now that will do it for our Major League Baseball slate. Not going to get as in-depth as we were because, again, going to focus a little bit more towards college and NFL football. If you want to find any of our content, you can find me on Twitter at Rowdy underscore Razor. You can find Dave on Twitter at Dave underscore Essler. Or you can find some of his work at pregame.com. Now, want to move to Monday night football. Again, we're recording this Monday afternoon on August 21st. Let's talk Monday night football, Dave. It is preseason week two. We currently have the Baltimore Ravens traveling to Washington to take on the Commanders. 7 o'clock Central Time kick. It's going to be on ESPN. Now looking at this line here, depending on where you look, Baltimore favored by one and a half, two with a total of 37 and a half. Dave, what are some of your thoughts for Monday Night Football here, preseason week two? Yeah, I had a lot of thoughts when I looked at this game. Um, the sharp money is on Washington, and I'm not going to stop there. The sharp money is on Washington plus three, or even plus three and a half, not at one or one and a half. And I expect those betting this game will simply follow with Washington at a much worse number, which brought up an important issue, um, one that's near and dear to my heart and angers the shit out of me. Um, if people are betting on the advice of a professional or betting the day of the game, um, you know, obviously I would not, I would do the former, uh, bet, 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 on the advice of a professional and, and do it when he sends you out the line. Um, because, you know, if nothing else, you're going to learn something. Um, you know, I think everybody's going to give out Washington tonight because they don't have the balls to go against that line move. Although if it goes down low enough, if you like Baltimore, I mean, I think then you go ahead and take the Ravens money line. But, um, you know, anybody that you're going to follow, follow, you know, picks, whether it be free or paid, can lose over a month or so. Um, but, you know, you want someone that's going to be accessible and and give thorough explanations as to why he's betting a particular game, um, because then at least you're going to learn something. Uh, in this case, a, a good tout would have had you on Washington at a much better number. Uh, or again, if he or she liked the Ravens, they'd be waiting it out for a better number. So I'm going to step down off my soapbox a little bit here. Um, in this game, uh, the Ravens and Harbaugh are known for taking preseason games seriously. They've they've won 24 in a row. Uh, and even if you only knew that, which is what most people do know, why is this line create cratering? Well, history is a great predictor of, predictor of the future, actually. Excuse me. Uh, and in last week's preseason game, too, Rivera did play starters. He's got a motivated Sam Howell. So I would consider, if I'm betting the game today, to take the commanders for the first half. Uh, although they do have the better quarterback rotation overall, you know, let's not forget, this is a crosstown rivalry. Uh, and from what I heard at practice this week, the commanders are well aware uh, and have disdain for the Ravens' win streak. And, you know, Josh Jackson and Tyler Huntley for the Ravens, they are elite. At least they have some experience. But it's certainly not enough to 
to have me thinking the Ravens streak continues. So, you know, there I unpacked quite a bit uh, why I like Washington in the first half and, you know, why it's buyer beware if you're going to take Washington plus one or one and a half. Yeah, and if you tuned into winner's take on Friday, I mentioned towards the end of our NFL slate that uh, beware if you're just going to bet the Ravens just because you heard the, you know, the trend of them not losing a preseason game in four years or whatever it was just to – tread lightly because Tyler Huntley all of a sudden had a hamstring. I'm pretty sure when we were talking about that Friday afternoon, Dave, that line was Baltimore favored three and a half. Like you said, I think I saw a crater all the way down to the commanders were one point dogs. And now there's a little bit of buyback where it's up to one and a half, two in some places. But I mean, I'm with you here. I'm not running to bet this. If I did, I think still taking the commanders, I kind of have a gut feeling that the commanders end that Baltimore streak, but you mentioned why you like them in the first half overall, though, if Hunley is, you know, a little dinged up and doesn't play to the extent that Harbaugh probably would, you mentioned how the Baltimore backups outside of Hunley are pretty bad. I know there's two of them. It's Brown and uh, Johnson and neither of them are, are NFL quarterbacks at this point in their careers. But Washington, Sam Howell has the starting job. We know Jacoby Brissett has been around forever and, you know, a spot starter. And Jake Fromm has been a long time backup in this league, but he's firmly been on NFL rosters. That's three quarterbacks that'll be in there that'll be legitimate NFL talents versus Hudley with a bad hammy and two guys that at best are fringe NFL at this point. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. The only another reason I, I I like Washington in the first half a little bit better is, you know, we don't know if Huntley's going to play, and quite frankly, I think he's pitiful. I almost wish he would, but they could throw in that third kid. I forget his name, but you know, a guy like a guy like Josh Jackson and whatnot. Those those are the kind of guys that could make plays with their feet in an exhibition game. So I would be leery of Rivera letting Fromm play against Josh Jackson. I mean, I think that's kind of a wash. So that just tells me that I'm going to go ahead and and take out what I suspect are the biggest variables, which is the second half. So there you go. There's our Monday night football play for tonight. Dave likes the Washington Commanders in the first half. Uh, Dave, I know we have some college football becomes real. Meaningful games are being played on Saturday. I know it kicks off. Saturday afternoon in Ireland with Notre Dame and Navy. Not a ton of games, and we kind of mentioned that earlier in the podcast, but there are, you know, half a dozen or so games. I don't know if you've jumped on any of those yet or if you're just still kind of hanging out, if you like to see how kind of week zero goes and, and really focus on week one. What are your thoughts here going into college football week zero? Well, um... Full disclosure is I'm probably going to pass those games. Maybe look for some FCS bets when the when the books put up lines. But you know I, I'm looking at sort of week three NFL coming out Thursday. I can give you a few things I'm looking at. I mean they I looked about ten minutes ago and they they had not had lines yet. But I've obviously I've looked at the games and you know we were just talking about history in in, in preseason and. You know, traditionally, we know teams use the first half uh, and into the second half of game three as the dress rehearsal, if you will. Uh, and that's not the case with every team anymore. 
Um, last night's game between the Raiders and Chargers was an example. You know, McDaniels has been resting starters in Game 3, while the Chargers and Staley are one of those teams that could care less about preseason. So you have to do your homework, and it's not hard to Google these things if you don't know. Um, and we just said McDaniels tends to rest people in Week 3. Well, although Vegas is undefeated in the preseason under McDaniels, if I were to look to go the other way, simply because his record is something everyone knows, I think it would be this week at Dallas. Um, I think that's especially true since all we've seen under center for Dallas this year is Will Greer and Cooper Rush. So Dak needs some reps, and they know what they have in Cooper Rush. And so I would likely be on Dallas for the first half of that game this Saturday. And you can remind me, uh, and we'll revisit this Friday when we have lines for all those games, but that's one I'm still trying to sort of figure out what's going on. But I do like Dallas. And again, I think the point I'm trying to make is if you do your homework on these coaches, you can you can kind of tell who you may see and may you don't. But, you know, back to your point with uh, Saturday week zero, you know, they call it week zero for a reason. So I'm going to call it uh, week zero day probably will pass. But from what I understand, you might have a wager for me on one of those games. Yeah, I was looking at them, and, you know, you're hearing all this chatter of Notre Dame could be on upset alert or insert certain team that's heavily favored or should be heavily favored should be on upset alert. And the one that I actually looked at, because I, I'm with you, I normally don't bet a ton, maybe a game here or there on week zero, but I'm not eager to jump in and start betting everything I have on college football week zero. The one game that I did look at that I, I kind of was starting to contemplate to see if I that might be my one week zero bet. I kind of like La Tech, Louisiana Tech minus the 10 and a half at home against Florida International. And my reason being is I went back for as far as I could look. And since Florida International had been in the same conference as La Tech, where they've played each other. La Tech has basically just absolutely obliterated them year after year after year. Well, last season, La Tech lost Skip Holtz, their you know longtime head coach, son of Lou Holtz. Before that, they had Sonny Dykes, who we all know Sonny Dykes and TCU now. And then even before that, they had Dooley, who ended up going to Tennessee. Like they've they've had three pretty big, pretty solid head football coaches. And then last year, they get this new guy. He was a former offensive coordinator for Texas Tech. La Tech really struggled. They won like three or four games. Not saying that Florida International was some, you know, world beater last year, but La Tech only won three or four games. And first year with a new head coach, and they lost in double overtime to Florida International. So I think that the second year of a head coach and the fact that you lost in double overtime to an opponent that you absolutely smoke year after year after year i think that'll fire up la tech and that they're home this year the 10 and a half i think i'm i might be interested in la tech at uh, minus 10 and a half you know i don't have a huge opinion on that game but what you said makes sense i i don't like laying a lot of points early in the year when you really don't know so yeah that makes a lot of sense i will tell you one game i will probably bet on saturday in fact, I'm looking for a line now. I'm a little mad at myself. I didn't bet it this morning. Uh, San Diego State and Ohio. There is a ton of reverse line movement on that game. San Diego State opened, uh, depending on where you look, it was over three, four, four and a half at, at, at a couple of shops. And just in the last hour, 
I mean, have been sitting at pasted at three across the screen forever. San Diego State minus three, and now I see at circa it's down to minus one and a half, and mostly two, two and a half at all the other books, and that's pretty significant. And normally I don't recommend people betting on that theory alone, but I would be lying if I said I never did. And probably so would every professional better you speak to, although they will come out and say, oh, no, no, no. I'm here to say yes, 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 yes. So I think I'll be looking at the Ohio Bobcats. Um, I'll probably buy the hook back to three against the Aztecs on Saturday. I'm looking at this, Dave, and yeah, it looks like there's uh, most places it's two and a half, but there's a little bit of, of VIG on that two and a half. Do you think the yes, yes, yes that you're talking about is most professional betters saying, why is this happening? I don't know why it's happening. Somebody has to know why it's happening. Somebody knows something. I need to bet this. Sometimes. I mean, no, I think professional betters probably probably don't think that way. Um, I don't think that way uh, and blindly look. And actually, the professional betters would have had three or three and a half. And now I think there's probably some syndicate that thinks uh, three is still a good number. But, you know, that would be one where I would have been asleep at the switch. And I'm just seeing it now. And I'm willing to put my nuts on a line and, and, and make a blind bet. I won't make a big bet. But I will bet Ohio. So, you know, I, I'm going to sit there and tell you that not every – the answer to your question is not all of them, but more than would admit to for sure. So I do have a question for you, and this this will be college football and home field advantage. I would argue that in college football with the right stadiums, you're probably getting more than you would in your standard NFL stadiums. Just in general, I think there can be some more home field advantage. I'm looking at this Hawaii-Vanderbilt matchup. I know these two teams have kind of played each other, I think it's the last year or two, in these week zeros, whether that being in Hawaii or or at Vandy. Well, Hawaii is in Vanderbilt this year, and Vanderbilt Stadium is under construction, and I'm seeing pictures of it where it looks like half the stadium is going to be able to be used for this game and I know there there's a lack of a, a home field for Vanderbilt this year, but at the same time, this is a 6.30 start time, which would technically your time zone, Eastern time zone, be 7.30, and Hawaii's body clock is going to be way off, if, if that makes sense. So I, I feel like this game's really wacky. Well, you know, as fate would have it, they played last year in Hawaii, and I – Took Hawaii because I just had no respect for Vanderbilt. And I knew Hawaii, they had just rebuilt their entire team. I mean, literally, they had like 50 guys that had never played a snap of football. But I figured in Hawaii, yada, 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 maybe they'll cover the, I don't know, it was more than 20. And Vanderbilt beat them like 100 to nothing. That was bad. Um, I ate crow for that in a big way. If Hawaii remembers that, maybe they're advanced enough to cover that 17 points. I mean, I, I see a 17 and a half at a couple of square books, and we have to look at it. The total is line 56, so that would mean they're predicting 36 to 19 type game. I would probably then start looking at the team totals. If that total is right, and it actually has come down a little bit, I would be inclined to think Hawaii would score 19 points if no other reason in garbage time. So 
I'm thinking as I'm talking, I, I had nothing prepared for this game. I would probably look a little bit at the Hawaii team total. Well, there you go, Dave, uh, giving you some insight on the fly on Hawaii Vanderbilt. Now, Dave, we did do some Major League Baseball. We have a little bit of time here. We've been pretty darn hot in the month of August. Can I coax a best bet out of you for Major League Baseball here for this uh, podcast? Um, Boy, I'll take the Brewers tomorrow night. I'm glad that you said that because I had two on two on deck ready for if you went uh, Monday or Tuesday. You go with the Brewers tomorrow for your Major League best bet. I'm going to go with the Red Sox in the first five tonight. So the three bets that we have for you officially for this podcast, Dave likes on Monday Night Football, the Washington football team in the first half, and then he's going to go with the Brewers on Tuesday, and I will take the Boston Red Sox in the first five innings. That'll do it. We'll be back here on Friday. We're going to talk more NFL preseason week three maybe dive into a few more college football week zero games. But uh, until then, if you want to find any of our stuff, you can find me on Twitter at Rowdy underscore Razor. You can find Dave at Dave underscore Essler or some of his work at pregame.com. Just want to remind everyone to please download, share, subscribe, rate the podcast, continue to share it with all of your friends. And uh, we'll be back on Friday. But until then, let's continue to win some money. The Winner's Take is your podcast for everything gambling at MadCitySportsZone.com. In the Zone app or wherever you get your podcasts, listen, rate, subscribe.